This is the Gambling Gauchos. Welcome into the Gambling Gauchos. I am Rob Rohe's Kyle Jacobson, joined by the Lubbock Matadors GM, Dustin McCorkle. Uh, we are live from the Cardinals Sports Center studio, mycardinalsports.com. You can gear up for Lubbock Matadors games. You can gear up for Texas Tech baseball coming in down the home stretch, or you could just gear up for your life there at Cardinals Sports Center in Lubbock, in Plano, and online. Dustin, we're very excited for you to join us today. I was at the Lubbock Matadors game, and I want to tell you the most impressive thing I saw. The dude's drumming for 95 minutes straight, never stopping. It was awesome. Yeah, man, that's uh, that's true soccer culture. And uh, I think that's been the one thing that everybody keeps talking about around town who isn't familiar with soccer games and how the, the events work. They're like, you know, what can we expect and what's that going to look like? And it's exactly that, right? It's, it's passion. Um, it's people dressing up. Uh, there's a, it's got its own culture about it. And I'll tell you what, when I saw them leading our fans into the building, marching down the road into the stadium, that was awesome with the chance, uh, I got goosebumps and it definitely made for such an exciting night. So, so let's talk about game one. Sorry, Kyle, real quick. Let's talk about game one. The, the expectation you had for crowd size, what was it before? Because announced attendance was 4,200. 4,239. Yeah. So uh, I believe I'll just take it back real quick. I think when this thing kicked off, we were hoping to see a thousand people out at the first game. That was kind of the the baseline of like, hey, can we get a thousand people out there to the first game? Um, fortunately, uh, we have a great ownership group um, who knows the business of soccer with me being involved in soccer for the last five years. Um we, we know the grassroots movement and we know if we do it right, we could do better than a thousand. Uh, and uh, we did, man. It was so cool. 4,239 people showed up uh, for our home opener. And it was, it was pretty full on the home side. Um, is that how it's going to be? Because really the shade and everything else, it's really nice. To, and it's mostly home fans anyways, but. Yeah. So we're uh, the way we're setting it up is uh, that one side uh, on the west side in the shade holds 5,000 people. So until we get over that 5,000 mark, we're not going to start opening up the other side. Um, I do hope that our, our rival fans, as we start catching on with our conference, hear about how exciting Lubbock, Texas is, hear about our crowd attendance. People are going to want to come experience it, and then we'll, we'll start opening up some sections on the other side for away fans and then uh, potentially uh, more fans that come to the stadium. And we were talking before we started recording about the FOMO or the fear of missing out. And, you know, I was unfortunately not able to make it like Rob was. And I definitely got some of that on social media, you know, seeing the clip of the first goal, seeing the crowd, you know, as full as it was. And so with with new things like this, I think sometimes there's that initial wave of interest and then it sort of falls off. I think and hope it'll actually be the exact opposite where the folks who were maybe a little uncertain, you know, I don't know about soccer. I don't know about soccer in Lubbock you know, probably saw some of that and hopefully the next crowd is even bigger and it just kind of builds throughout the summer. Yeah. Listen, we're, we're a six game a year season. Uh, we're not asking people to come out uh, 44 times or anything crazy. So each event is going to be different. Each event is going to be unique. Um, we really want to make our uh, season tickets affordable for folks. Um, and the other part too is, you know, we're, we're telling a story right now. And I really believe that we're, 
solving for a problem. And that problem is the fact that if you want to have access to soccer, you have to go to Dallas, right? Um, so that ends up creating an economic gap for people that financially can't do it. Um, and uh, there's a lot of missing parts there. So my hope is that we stop seeing people drop out of soccer at age 12 here and start seeing now that there's something bigger to live for and that the club's mission is here for the community uh, and we're solving bigger problems here. And I think with the world's game being here in Lubbock, you know, we're, able, we're going to be able to unite people from different uh, backgrounds, economic statuses, um, you know, maybe religions even out here. Uh, and we're all going to be able to put our arms around each other for 90 minutes uh, and cheer on the Matadors. I've been really impressed with your guys just marketing. And I'm kind of a nerd this way that I just want to get into that stuff. But I want to take a stab at, at some of your production meetings, okay? Uh, you don't care to market towards soccer fans. I think that's just the given, right? The soccer fans are going to be there. They like soccer. So you're just trying to advertise entertainment. And that's the product that you want to give, right? Entertainment. It's not so much soccer because the soccer product takes care of itself in some ways. Uh, well, we, I know you're still trying to build a good team and everything, but. Yeah, for sure. Listen, we, we are heavily involved in the soccer community here. We want the soccer community to know that we're here for them. Um, and so I, I do think that we've spent a lot of time with LSA developing those relationships, letting the soccer families know that, um, you know, we're here for your, for your kids and we want to do that. But the end of the day too, we're developing a brand, right? And we want our brand to stand for something. There's a reason why we chose red and black as our colors. Um, you know, we're tipping our cap. We know where we live. I'm a Texas tech alum. I mean, I see you're rocking the, the double T right now. Right. Um, you know, but our hope is that our, our brand and our logo is really cool, which we've gotten a lot of amazing feedback that people absolutely feel like the design uh, speaks to the Lubbock community. And we're hoping that, you know, even at tech games, we're going to see Matador's gear out and about. And that's kind of how it got started was um, people bought our hats and we're wearing them to basketball games. And then people are like, Hey, that's a cool hat. What is it? Where did you get it? And people right. were telling our story for us. So um, I do think that uh, the branding and the marketing went into just like, Hey, do you, do you like something cool? And Oh yeah, there's a soccer game that comes attached with it. And all of a sudden now, man, it's amazing how many season tickles we have that know nothing about the game. I was getting texts the next day, all weekend saying, Hey, I got a lot to learn. I didn't really know what was going on, but we had an amazing time, you know, can't wait to come back. So uh, that meant the world to me. Yeah. And it, 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 just as far as live events go, it was fun. Like, I'm not a soccer fan per se. I, I've watched some World Cup games. I, I've seen soccer on TV. That was my first live soccer game. And it was a blast. It's like, oh, well, 90 minutes. We have to sit through all that. But it, it's entertaining the entire way through. And there's always action going. That's always the knock on soccer, right? Well, it's boring. Okay. There's two goals, but there's 47 shots on goal. And so, you know, pucks on net, as they say in hockey, uh, shots on goal here in soccer. And there's there's things to watch the entire soccer game. If you're watching, you know, by the way, Fort Worth, a little bit of floppers, okay? I do want to say I appreciate the Lubbock team being a little tougher than these Fort Worth Fraqueros down here that were flopping the whole game. But uh, it, it's just an entertaining thing, and, and this is something that, that I didn't really expect, but I had fun just watching the game, and it wasn't just the spectacle, right? Yeah, well, I think um, just from the soccer perspective, you know, I grew up playing it, played in college. Um, so I do have a different level of appreciation. There is strategy that goes into this game. Absolutely. Uh, 
And I think that if, if you're not familiar with the sport, you can get easily caught up in uh, how many balls went into the net versus what did it take to get there. And I find it funny that soccer always gets that knock, as you say, of like it's boring or whatever else. But a lot of those people saying that watch baseball. Um, and, you know, and all of a sudden you're, you're telling me how Touché. Touché. Yeah, yeah, you're telling me you're telling me how strategic baseball is and it's a smart person's game. And uh, but soccer is the same way. Right. Like you move the ball backwards to go forwards at times. You have uh, a way of that you're playing uh, the game. And what's crazy is if you actually came to that game and watched, knew what you were seeing, you watched us dominating a team and not win the game because we are playing a high level of soccer. You know, a lot of people out here are used to seeing middle school and under soccer or maybe even high school soccer, right? And there's mistakes that happen all the time, but they're not necessarily goals off of those mistakes. With our game, we're playing with what will potentially be professional level athletes or high level D1 uh, uh, soccer players. And through that, if you make a couple of mistakes like we did, you see a ball go in the back of your net and all of a sudden a game you were winning and dominating, you're, you lost the game. Um, and so I think that that's cool though, is like, you're going to be able to see, like, you, you gotta be, you gotta be on your game the whole time. Otherwise you can get punished. And that's what happened. Going back a little bit to building the brand of the Matadors. That was something that jumped out at me. The day I saw y'all launch on Twitter was the color scheme, the, the tip of the cap, so to speak to, you know, Texas tech and red Raiders and just that West Texas culture. And I don't know if y'all could have planned it any better, but Rob noted that y'all's first goal as a franchise came 806 into the game. And then, you know, of course, that's the West Texas area code. And so uh, even if y'all were trying to do that on purpose, that was a nice touch. But uh, you started to talking about kind of a recap of game one a little bit. Um, since I missed it and maybe some of our listeners missed it, um, just kind of go in depth as far as, you know, how it matched your expectations and um, just a little bit of a recap for those who weren't able to attend. Yeah, so uh, I think I didn't really know what to expect. Listen, we've got a we're a brand new team. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, you know, we're in the Lone Star Conference, and what that means is for the MPSL, we're in the toughest conference in the MPSL. Uh, the reigning national champions are in our conference. Um, the players that were in here, like they've been established. The teams have been around for a while, uh, so they have they're highly recruited, highly talented. Uh, they're in good parts of the state, you know, uh, Fort Worth, Dallas area fun areas for, for people to go play in. Um, so I think for us, you know, coming out and seeing how we played that first 30 minutes, you know, coach and I talked and we're like, we look good. Like we're going to be a really good team. And what's really cool is four of our potential starters aren't even here yet. Um, and so uh, from an offensive standpoint, we're actually missing uh, some of our forwards. So um, I'm excited because, we were really moving the ball, pressing with people that aren't traditionally going to be in those forward striking positions. And so I think we're going to end up seeing a lot more offense. Um, and I think once we get our confidence about us, we're going to be really good. I think the other thing is, too, that we just have to keep in mind some of these guys have been together for eight days. Right. So um, it's going to take some time to build some chemistry with one another. We knew that was going to happen. But honestly, man, from the general manager standpoint, from the business side, uh, as much as I want us to win, I, my biggest thing is putting on a good show for the fans. I want uh, to leave people with smiles because uh, we can't control what the outcome of the, the game is going to be on the field. So my biggest thing is pregame. we got the block party happening. we got food trucks. we got a live band. Uh, you know, we got two docs out there selling our co-branded beer. Like we're, we're out there making connections with people, having fun, 
Uh, we're going to have really cool promos to give away for the kids. we got autograph sessions happening. Like that's the stuff that I'm really focusing on. And, and uh, my hope is that we put some wins out there in addition to all the other stuff. You did just mention the promos. We have a, I was going to bring the little soccer ball. It's around here somewhere. We got the United supermarket soccer ball. Uh, any more promos you can let us in on or are they? Uh, yeah, I'll go in and uh, okay. I'll uh, pull back the layer for the next one. Uh, the, y'all will be the first one. We haven't put it out there in any way yet. But uh, cool news is that we, we Waterburger is going to be our uh, sponsor for game two. Um, you know, their Texas made, we're Lubbock built. Uh, so I think we're going to do some cool stuff with that. Um, I do know that we have, uh, some, uh, somewhere around a thousand, uh, ketchup and spicy ketchup, uh, koozies coming our way. Nice. Uh, so there'll be dual red and black koozies, um, that'll be given out. We got some, we got another idea that, uh, I'm actually, uh, speaking with Whataburger about, uh, that will be a collectible, uh, for that game as well. So, um, haven't gotten the approval on that one yet, but, uh, again, we're, we're going to be interactive. It's going to be fun. And if you come out, there's always going to be some element of newness to each event. That's awesome. Uh, any fan favorites so far? I know Luke Jones scored the first goal. Uh, a couple of guys I thought just played really fun, exciting soccer. Uh, number 17 to Guete. Yep. He yeah, seems think- like an exciting guy. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to be a little biased, uh, and it may not show up from the scoreboard, but uh, Danny is a phenomenal goalkeeper. Um, I played goalie in college, um, and I've watched him in training, and I'm telling you, that guy is something special to watch. Uh, so I'll, I'll just say that, um, you know, seeing three goals go in, you may not think our goalkeeper is great, and those were just a couple of errors from back line and everything else, and uh, but we'll get that right. But uh, y'all should watch out for our, our goalie. Danny is Danny is a stud. Awesome. Uh, back to Kyle. Well, yeah, I was just gonna say right. we we talked to the owner Hitch uh, last week before the season kicked off, and he kind of gave us some background on um, his time in the sport of soccer, and sounded like he kind of owned about half the NPSL by the time we were done chatting with him. Uh, and I think I think Rob gave him credit for bringing David Beckham over from uh, from England. <laughs> um, he did. Yeah. That's true, yeah, with the Galaxy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but I just wanted you to – I wanted to give you the opportunity to kind of give uh, our listeners some background. I know you said you played in college, but uh, as far as your background as a GM, kind of tell us a little bit more about your career up to this point. Yeah, I appreciate that. I think, um, you know, that is a, a good point. I think a good selling point on what this story is, right? Like, um, we, we've been kind of compared before people knew what was happening – well, we saw the Cotton Kings come through here. We saw the crickets. Like, what makes you guys different? Well, uh, you know, I've been working in professional sports for 12 years now. I got my start in the NBA. I worked with the Atlanta Hawks, worked my way up in that organization from the bottom uh, entry level. Uh, had five promotions throughout my time with the, the NBA. And then uh, I actually got into management with the NHL, moved up to New York City, worked for the New Jersey Devils hockey team for two and a half years. Um, received another three promotions. So I've, I've managed sports business for a long time. Um, I ended up taking a job actually back here with Texas Tech Athletics and Learfield Sports uh, for a year. And that's kind of how I got some connection plugs with um, some internal folks in town. Um, but I miss being in pro sports. So uh, after a little over a year working for Texas Tech, I started my own sports consulting business. Um, and I actually ended up picking up clients all over the country Troy Tigers, Red Wings, um, and then I got into soccer uh, with the USL, specifically Oklahoma City Energy FC. 
I helped Landon Donovan uh, launch San Diego Loyal uh, back in 2020 uh, before the pandemic hit. Um, and then most recently, I was chief revenue officer for New Mexico United, which is one of the most respected USL championship clubs there is. We averaged over 13,000 fans a game. Um, you know, we were top five in sponsorship revenue. We were number one in merchant retail sales. Uh, and we were amazing, amazingly connected with the community. Um, so it's one of the most respected clubs. And, and through that, uh, I ended up, you know, just getting into the soccer space and Hitch ended up learning of my name. Knew I lived in Lubbock. Uh, we ended up having our second child uh, this uh, past year. And that kind of prevented me from doing the whole back and forth to New Mexico thing. So it was amazing timing. I resigned from New Mexico. And then three weeks later, I'm getting a call that they're bringing a, a team to Lubbock. And uh, Hitch and I are meeting for coffee. And then next thing I know, I'm running the business operations here. So it's it's been fun. Uh, the operation here at Lubbock, you have, I think they said 38 interns. Is that the number? More? 38 from, interns, yeah. From Texas Tech and, and LCU. Talk about that because at the kickoff party, you, you talked about Lubbock built and how you truly are Lubbock built because there's a bunch of Lubbock people working on this thing, yeah. uh, staying through the summer, and you're keeping interns in and everything. Uh, so the organizational just aspect of it with the interns, is that something you planned on or was that just kind of a, this is how it happened? Yeah. So again, I go back to the mission of the club. I think, I think a lot of people talk about their culture and their mission statements, uh, but then you start, you know, checking that, right? Like, are those buzzwords or are you actually living by your principles? And for us, um, you know, we're a startup. We don't have a bunch of money. Our season tickets are a hundred bucks. Um, but again, we're solving problems, right? Uh, the sports management programs require you to intern with a sports team in order to graduate. Now, how many sports teams are located in Lubbock, Texas for people to intern with? None. So uh, what ends up happening is, you know, you have kids that may not be able to afford to go move to a different city for however many months to get some sort of internship or have to move back in with mom and dad somewhere or in a bigger city to be able to do something to graduate. Um, and so it was like, Hey, why don't we partner with the sports management programs here in town and say, Hey, you want sports experience? Come in here. Uh, tell us what you really want to do or what you're interested in. Uh, interview with us. We'll, we'll maybe identify something you might be good at and we'll let you rotate through some different opportunities within the program. Um, and, and let you get school credit number one and number two, you know, help us build this club. And I think a lot of them are taking a lot of pride and being able to say that they're going to do that. It's a lot of work. Um, we actually just started today. Um, we're doing a recognition in, in um, tandem with Whataburger. Whataburger is actually sponsoring. It's called Matador Mondays. And we're actually going to feature an intern each Monday that's been a standout for us and tell their story a little bit on what they're doing and give our interns some, some social love um, because they are. They're, some of these guys are, have full-time jobs going to school and they're putting hours with us. Um, and so I've, I've told them, Hey, you work hard for us. I have no problem picking up the phone and, you know, calling a team for you. I actually already, uh, one of the guys has been a standout for us, uh, told me, Hey, I really want to move to Houston. Uh, got him in touch with, uh, someone at the dynamo two weeks later, he's got a job. Awesome. Uh, so it, it's been fun. And again, I, it's part of the mission for us is, uh, helping kids graduate and, and giving them experience. All right. Next game, San Antonio on the 21st, Correct. The next home game, next home game. But you have a road game this weekend. Yeah, we're playing the Vaqueros again this weekend. So uh, oh, you'll get it back. 
yeah, we got to see him. Uh, we know what to expect now. Uh, we are going to go replicate the first 30 minutes across 90 minutes uh, this next game. And uh, I will say, if you're, if you're listening from the Dallas-Fort Worth area, um, we just talked this morning uh, with the 4,200-plus people that showed up to game one, uh, we're really trying to bring in a way crowd and show people that not just tech football, not just tech basketball, we're playing at TCU. I know a lot of you guys live in that area. You know, we're, we're trying to coordinate something actually with Chimmies in Fort Worth as a startup spot uh, for, for pregame. And then uh, that's walking distance to the hotel that um, people can stay at um, that's located for the Matadors and then uh, head over to TCU. And, you know, I would love to see 100 plus people uh, repping the Matadors out there. And I think that our fan base can do that for us. Absolutely. And it's uh, it's cool to go to Fort Worth. Oh, man. Short drive, man. Yeah, Fort Worth is a beautiful city. Like, uh, if I didn't grow up in the DFW area, I might have gone to school there just for the fact that Fort Worth is a fun right. town. Uh, Kings Highway. That bus is sweet, by the way. Oh, man. I, I think there's a lot of jealousy in the league. Uh, for those who don't know, we uh, we got a branded charter bus. It is the Matador bus. Uh, and be looking out for it on the road. I actually got two texts in, from people in Dallas this weekend because it was out in Dallas on the road. And people are like, hey, the on I-20, the Matadors bus just passed me. Uh, but Tom and Vicky, amazing people. Uh, they're actually – Tom helped bring soccer to LCU. Uh, and I've known Tom for a little bit and did not know that about him. So when we met and talked, he shared that with me. I was like, hey, why don't you come in on the investment side? So he's actually uh, part investor in the club as well. Um, but I, I can tell you some of these other teams, when we see what they're traveling in with what we're traveling in, I hope there's a little bit of an intimidation factor there because uh, it is special. Absolutely. All right. If you need a, a PA voice, just let me know where to apply. The guy was guy. fine this weekend, but <laughs> I was very yeah. excited. Yeah. We, uh, so the, our, our home opener PA guy was uh, a stand in. So th- there might be auditions uh, for that. Let me know. Let we'll me know where see, I send, send we'll the tape. Game too. Yeah. You have a phenomenal PA voice. Uh, <laughs> we, we need, we need uh, some soccer uh pas though you know we really need somebody that that understands the game and um you know i'm big on the showpiece right like i want people to feel like every element of what we're doing is professional for Uh, sure you know we pepsi's a sponsor and they've got um a full mls gatorade sideline kit for us and i don't even know how many people paid attention to that but those are the details that are big for me is i want our players i mean i don't know if y'all saw the faces of the vaqueros and our team when they walked out yeah, they were like looking up at the stands and seeing the crowd. And you could tell a lot of these guys had never played in front of that many people. Um, and then to walk out and see the professional sideline kit, you know, I, I want people to know like Lubbock, Texas is doing it very high level. Field signs look great, too, by the way. Oh, yeah. So I saw there's a Gamlin Gachos one out there. Yeah, too. there was. Yeah, look nice. <laughs> I, uh, I don't know if my recommendation would help or hurt Rob's chances of being the PA guy, but I think he's your guy if the, if the job is open yeah, and, uh, and yeah, hopefully we'll have to, we'll have to uh, talk to Hitch um, next game and he's in town. Yeah. Hopefully we've got some Lubbock Matador fans that make the road trip or if they're DFW based and uh, kind of help take over that stadium for the, uh, the Lubbock Matadors revenge tour this weekend. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta imagine that uh, with graduations going on, there's gotta be people from Lubbock that are in the Dallas area at least watching that. And what I would just say is, uh, you know, if you know people that are there in town, go represent Lubbock. Again, this, this organization is about the community and 
um, we will give you the love and we're, we're showing those uh, elements uh, this summer and, you know, uh, make sure the guys that are here, not, there's all, all but one of them are from all over. Um, and that's what I keep sharing with our team is like, hey, if you give it to them, they're going to give it to you 10 times over. Um, so I, I really want them to feel that community support from from people from Lubbock. All right. I'll, I'll just say as someone who went to his first soccer event, I really, really appreciate what you guys did. It was really fun. I want to encourage everyone else to go out there. Uh, where can we follow the Matadors, learn about them, visit the website, give us that rundown. And then. Yeah. So, uh, I would say online is the best place. LubbockMatadors.com. Um, please go like, follow all of our social handles. The one thing I keep hearing over and over again is that uh, the branding and your, our marketing, our social is done really well. And again, that's, that's all intern based. It's, it's ideas off of the youth. Um, so they are, they're fresh. Some of it's going to be edgy. Um, but, uh, you know, we've already had several videos and, and pictures go viral. Um, and again, we're representing Lubbock. We're representing Texas Tech alum um, all over. And, you know, it's so cool being able to see uh, people from all over the United States going onto our website and our shop and buying our gear. Um, we sold out again of all of our hats uh, and some other merch this weekend. So, uh, it's just insane, but go follow us on social and, and definitely go check out our website, LubbockMatadors.com. All right. Appreciate you coming on with us, man. Really excited about the Lubbock Matadors. We really are. And, and our partnership uh, coming on and, and doing these things. And anytime you want to come back, you're welcome, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. I, I do want to say thank you to you too. Uh, again, we, we know your platform. You guys have a great fan base. Uh, I listen to you guys. I think it's awesome uh, what you're doing and, you know, these are the, these are the relationships that mean something. And, um, you know, we're all about connections. So I just really want to say thank you to you guys for the support. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Happy to do it. Happy to be in Lubbock and Lubbock built, man. That's what we, yes, that's what we love. That's right. Awesome. All right. Thanks, Dustin. Thank you. All right. That was Dustin McCorkle of the Lubbock Matadors. And I'm not just blowing smoke up the guy, right? I really, really enjoyed the game. Uh, I know nothing about soccer. So there was a few times that uh, the Matadors got the ball in the net that didn't count. I think there was maybe an offsides, uh, maybe a handball uh, on a couple times. And there were times where the referee on the sideline would just raise his stupid little flag and then play would stop. No idea why. But it was a really, really fun game, fun atmosphere. The Dos Doc Torres delicious do you know what that beer would go good with um i think it would pair well with some west texas barbecue i think it would at rohinio uh, though everything pairs well with rohinio rohinio bbq.com a top 50 barbecue joint of 2021 according to texas monthly they don't know much but they know barbecue online orders should be placed by 9 a.m the day of the pickup uh come straight to the pickup window and grab your order uh, they have drinks there and some coolers. The patio open full now. The weather's been great. The barbecue is great. Go down to Olton, Texas for Rahino Barbecue. They're open Thursday through Saturday. Rob, are you thinking what I'm thinking? That we should go to Rahino Barbecue. Should we go on Saturday, Gaucho's Road Trip? I would love to do that, Kyle. But I have high school Blake. softball and basketball games, baseball Blake. games. Well, I, I'm working, Kyle. 
like <clears throat> it's like I'm a working man. That's all right. Well, also have, maybe uh, some other time. Yeah, sure. You could go without me if you wanted to. Well, we yeah. Together, we do need to, we've we've been separate. We do need to take a trip together. We do. Yes. Certainly when high school softball and baseball ends in Lubbock, which lots of local teams still in action, by the way, Estacado, Coronado, Lubbock, Monterey, softball. The other two are baseball teams. I think Cooper's still in it. I think Friendship maybe still in it. Uh, so, yeah, powered by Rojino Barbecue. Uh, and Lubbock Matadors, I was going to give the Gauchita the little ball. She's got to start early, man. Yeah, she would love that. I've got it uh, somewhere around here. I'm hoping to create like an NIL bidding war between Tom Stone, Tony yeah. Greystone, and Krista Gerlich. Oh, for sure. Um, I think Krista Gerlich has already reached out via Twitter about their camp is in June. Haven't heard from Tom Stone or, or Tony Greystone yet, but I want her to have all options open. Yeah, I think, I think she'll have plenty of time. I think so. Speaking of recruiting... Kyle and in IL, uh, you had a tweet today that I just don't know if I want to get involved with because, oh, there's phrases like glass houses and uh, stones and maybe some, you know, plank splinter kind of stuff Mm -hmm. that I just don't want to be involved in. But you, you were calling out Texas A&M today, not calling them out. But saying the NCAA might sniff around that recruiting class, can you explain your tweet for one, and then maybe put my mind at ease as to why the difference between five classes of five stars in one class is any different than Texas Tech's difference of four stars and then four stars in one class? Would be happy to, and I figured that this response was coming as I was okay. typing out the tweet, but that didn't sure. stop me from tweeting it. It never stops you from getting them off. because. Criticism isn't necessarily legitimate, and not all disagreements are necessarily valid. So let's get into it. Okay. Texas A&M, during the 2022 recruiting cycle, so this past year. The one just wrapped. Signs the number one class in the country, the number one recruiting class of all time, with obviously multiple five stars. And they've always been good at recruiting, top 15. You know, they've sure. never lacked talent by any stretch. But something was a little bit different about this recruiting class. It was suggested that there was a $30 million NIL collective just for this recruiting class. You do some math there, that's more than a million dollars per commit, which maybe isn't outside the NIL rules. I'm not an expert in that. But Jimbo Fisher like took offense to the notion that NIL had anything to do with it. No, of course, we're not just paying players to commit here. And so I brought that up in the tweet because the NCAA announced that it will enact new guidelines and provisions retroactive to past recruits. And they're going to investigate some boosters and and things like that. And so I tweeted something snarky about, oh, they're going to, they, I guess they should probably start with the number one football recruiting class of all time that just happened to emerge the year that NIL went into action. And right was a school that wasn't traditionally signing number one recruiting classes. And the response I was expecting and that we received was, well, aren't they going to investigate Texas Tech as well for signing its best class ever one year after NIL goes into effect? And here's what I have to say to that. Okay. I'll start high level, 30,000 foot. 
there are not NIL bidding wars for low-end four-star, high-end three-star recruits. Okay. More specifically. Theoretically. More specifically, I have heard and have on good authority that no kid in the 2023 recruiting class for Texas Tech has asked about NIL. So none of those commits have said, I'm going to commit, but what's in it for me? What do y'all have going for receivers who sign here, offensive linemen who sign here? They committed because of the relationships with Joey McGuire and their desire to be a Red Raider. Third, I would say that this recruiting outcome for Texas Tech is not unexpected for anyone who's been paying attention. I was in your DMs before you and I even met in December of 2020 telling you that Texas Tech needed to hire Joey McGuire because his recruiting prowess would be something unlike we've ever seen here and that his ties to Texas high schools would open the door to more recruits than you've ever had before. And where are these recruits coming from? They're coming from Texas high schools. So if the NCAA wants to investigate Texas Tech suddenly signing high-end three stars and low-end four stars um, after a period of Texas Tech's history where it was recruiting against schools that I would not consider its peers, then they're welcome to. What they'll find is that Texas Tech is going to sign a class that isn't outlandish compared to 2011 or some of the Leach classes before NIL was ever a thing and that Joey and his staff are just doing a great job at it and the two administrations prior were more or less asleep at the wheel. So I welcome whatever kind of NCAA investigation. I hope I'm not speaking out of turn there because it's not my athletic department that would be investigated. I'm just a fan. Right. But uh, yeah, I would welcome whatever kind of scrutiny they want to bring to A&M, also to Texas Tech, and I think that we'll be just fine after that. And I'm not so sure about A&M. Does that cover everything? Yeah, and Joey McGuire's class is at Baylor, not in charge of, but involved in. Uh, sorry, I'm trying to go back all the way. Yeah, 40, 40, 26, 39, 38. So basically what he finished with at Texas Tech in two months, and he's not going to stay at one. Allegedly, right? Right. They're going to stay at one. It's going gonna, it's gonna to revert to the mean once all the big-time players are getting off the board here in the summer. So It'll be 25, let's call it. That's not – Yeah. Not, uh, not, not I don't outrageous. think anybody's going to see that and go, how in the world did a Big 12 program in the state of Texas recruit the number 25 class in the country? Because that, that Did happens. Tommy Tuberville cheat? I don't know. I, th- I think probably – we know of, right? I think probably everybody cheats. No, I'm is, just saying that, yeah. that he had that class, right? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like, oh, Tommy's cheating. I'll also say this about some Tuberville classes. I think he intentionally signed some guys that he knew would not make it to campus for one reason or another so that well, the, now, the we stars looked to, good, the rankings looked good. We don't have to get into all that, all right? But they didn't ever step foot in Lubbock to play football, so it's kind of like, was that class actually that good? Well, it was ranked that well. Right. Yeah. That's all we're talking about right now. Okay. So, yeah, I think – and you know what? I'm not going to be as bold as you just were saying, bring on the NCAA because bring it on baby. No, 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 no. I don't, I don't want them sniffing around anywhere. Uh, I certainly don't want them sniffing around any other recruiting things that have been going on lately, uh, especially in other programs. So (laughs) I think they could just uh, go visit Texas A&M, but I'm not going to start saying that. I think Texas A&M is cheating because I glass house and all that stuff. I didn't say that they were. So you're just saying if there were someone to look at, maybe look at them. That's all you're saying. 
Yeah, I mean, I would start with the school that kind of out of nowhere had the number one recruiting class ever and that they were like very public rumors that they used $30 million to sign that class. And like I said, maybe that $30 million figure is true and it was totally above board and legal. But if they're going to start investigating donors and everything anyway, why would you start at some low-level program or something like that and instead start at the obvious point in the most prominent sport in the NCAA, which is college football? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I'm down with the statements, man. Hey, investigate every single SEC school that has multiple bag men, you know? Well, that's the thing. Like, also, can we go back to Klykoff and Senke, like, petitioning Congress? To Did you see the story? Yeah. Petit- petitioning Congress to get a hold of the NIL, please. They can't do a damn thing. It's already legal. Like, you're going to federalize it? Good luck. Well, it's already legal at the state level in Texas. What are, you, what are they going to do it? Six years? Yeah. And also, and- another thing, why does Sankey give a damn? Because they've been doing it for 20 years. Yeah, I don't trust that at all. That's like the, the wolf in sheep's clothing to me. Yeah, absolutely. The, the SEC commissioner would be like, oh, please, we need some NIL guidance. Like, yeah, come on. Like your conference is probably benefiting from this more than anybody else's. We want to go back to the McDonald's bags because we were the only ones cheating. Right. Everyone else is cheating and catching up now. We don't like well, it. And I think any reasonable person would tell you that, yes, if you want something done, you go to the United States Congress. You know, n- nobody's more efficient or better at their jobs than than those guys, right? Yeah. Well, that's what Major League Baseball did and the Balco stuff. You want to hear a horrible they joke? Really, they really wrapped it up there. Oh, I love horrible jokes. I've got since, one back for you. Since we're the grammar gauchos? Yeah. What's the opposite of you okay? I got like a little gnat. What's the opposite of con? Um, honest? Like pros and cons. Oh, pro? Right. So what would be the opposite of con, Chris? Progress. <laughs> There you go. I got it. That's why, uh, that's why I think Congress should be involved with NIL. Leave it to the lobbyists to know that. Just to joke. make sure that process gets even worse than it already is. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. So maybe we do just send it to Congress. Then, then it'll die a slow, painful death. Yeah, that's fine with me. All right. Um, if you are a bag man (laughs) right and you've done something illegal uh who would you call if you were a bag man here at texas tech and and wanted to maybe get ahead of that well first off this is of course strictly hypothetical obviously yeah because rule number one is you never admit guilt right you're innocent until proven guilty so right obviously but if somebody had this outlandish idea that I had ever done anything wrong, which is not true, I would call Barnett, Howard, and Williams, a law firm started by three Texas Tech graduates, officed in Fort Worth, but they handle cases all across Lone Star State. Barnett, Howard, and Williams is one of the only law firms in Texas that is certified for Title IX student representation. They've defended students, including scholarship athletes, in Title IX litigation at all the major universities in Texas. They also handle catastrophic injury cases. So if like if the shoulder gets sore from carrying the bag, something right. like that. Yeah. 
And they also handle criminal defense and family law matters. Like any law firm, well, like most reputable good law firms, like these guys, they hope you never need them, but they're here if you do. You can find out more about Barnett, Howard, and Williams by visiting their website, www.bhwlawfirm.com, if you get accused of dropping off a bag at a recruit's house. Or putting somebody in a McDonald's bag. Hey, can I, uh, um, can I announce a new bit on the podcast? I love bits, man. We're going we're gonna to compile a list of current bits, and we'll keep it updated every couple of weeks or so. Yeah. But we have to come up with, every time we're doing the ad read for Barnett, Howard, and Williams, we have to come up with a new outlandish hypothetical crime. So like last week, it was throwing a water bottle out of the student section. This week, it was dropping off a bag at a recruit's house. Yeah. N- nothing serious. You know, we'll keep it lighthearted, but has to be like some, you know, if you get accused of, you know. Well, you don't uh, want to blow the, you don't want to blow the bit. Right. Yeah, we'll, we'll do them in the future. Yeah, okay. we got it. So, yeah, we just got to keep thinking of those to keep the ad read spicy for Barnett, Howard, yeah. and Williams. Yeah, absolutely. Because Rojinho is spicy enough by itself. <laughs> you don't need to. Yeah. Uh, the segues, man, they need work. Oh. And if you don't have cash to drop off a bag at a recruit's house, you can call our friends at Diversified, <laughs> Diversified Lenders. Lenders. Yeah. Diversified get you Lenders. The cash you need to pay off a five star recruit and get yeah. him to Lubbock. And then when you get accused of doing that, you call Barnett, Howard, and Williams. Synergy, man. That's what we provide yeah. is synergy. Yeah. It's all cohesive. We got the Cardinals Matadors partnership. And yeah, yeah, I was, I've been shopping for shoes this whole time at Cardinals. So that you can run away from the police faster <laughs> before calling. <laughs> oh Barnett, yeah. Howard and yeah. I'm, I'm running away. That is something I'm definitely doing. Okay. Let's not make this a 30 minute ad read. So let's go on to the next topic. Um, well, in, in the same vein, uh, we were talking about NIL, uh, and that's not only with high school recruiting, it's also with the transfer portal. Um, do you have that tweet up, or do I need to go find it, or are we just going to make it up? I think I can find it real quick if you can sort of summarize it for our listeners. All right, so basically in the Big 12, in the cross-college football, uh, this nerd put together the stats and data of snaps leaving your program versus snaps coming in. Uh, this is Division One college-ready snaps leaving and coming in, and Texas Tech was at a good spot in the, what do they call it, a plot graph? Um, Something like that, yeah. Sure. A, a, a scatter plot? They were, yeah, they were in a good scatter plot situation. So, yeah, I've got it pulled up. It looks like Texas Tech added about 9,000 power five snaps in from the portal this year and just to clarify this is power five only so we're not counting a kid who transferred from an fcs or a group of five program they've taken in nine thousand power five snaps this cycle and it looks like they've lost just under one thousand so a net of about eight thousand which the net isn't listed here it's just they're plotted and how many incoming snaps and how many outgoing snaps but if I had to guess based on how this looks, you would be among the top five or 10 in the country in power five experience coming into the program this off season. And that's impressive to me because most of the time when you look at power five transfers, it's guys like Eric Monroe who didn't really play at LSU. And that's why he's coming to Texas tech. 
But on the other hand, you have Muddy Waters, who played four seasons at Duke and is transferring in just for other reasons. So those are the two kind of transfers you're getting uh, that are older and, and wiser and can provide impact. And I think Texas Tech's class this year, you have the, the receiver from Kansas with plenty of snaps. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have Dimitri Moore, the linebacker from Vanderbilt. And then he went uh, somewhere else and came to Texas Tech. So you have plenty of quality snaps coming in. And that's going to be more of a difference earlier than, let's say, the freshmen who have also joined. Right. And I, I also think it's interesting because the recruiting strategy of Matt Wells was so heavily criticized for going too far in with the grad transfer route and not building for the future. And we've kind of seen the opposite. The perception with Joey McGuire is like, holy cow, you've got the number one high school recruiting class right now. And that's fantastic. But I would have thought that that emphasis on high school recruits meant that they were sort of falling behind in the grad transfer market, which I think is still an important place you have to supplement so that you can stay old. But based on this, it looks like you haven't missed a beat at all as far as staying old while building the younger classes through the high school ranks. So to me, that's very encouraging. And our friend Tech Hoops guy made this point on Red Raider Sports that in addition to these numbers in this class, you have some guys from last year's class like Muddy Waters, Tyler Shuck, who got hurt early in the year and weren't full season contributors who you might be relying on. So it kind of skews it even more in your favor as far as the amount of Power 5 experience you have that's being infused into the program this year. I am cautiously optimistic, Kyle, for the Texas Tech football team. And obviously, we're going to do this a billion times before the season starts, but I think you're going to know a lot about the team through three weeks, through the Mm non-con. I think Houston's going to be really good again. And uh, obviously, NC State, I think, is going to be really good. Houston's going to be really good relative to their conference. I was confused by the word again in that. Were they really good last year? They didn't lose after you beat them. Uh, they lost to Cincinnati, but they also didn't play any Power 5 competition. There you what are. You I, I said <laughs> they lost to Cincinnati, but they also didn't play any Power 5 competition until they got to the bowl game where they beat a 6-7 and seven Auburn team. Yeah, but it's hard to go 10-0. and 0, And they went 11-0. I don't care who you're playing. It's hard, uh, it's hard to go 10-0 and 0 against... Eastern yes. Carolina and Navy and Tulane. Yes. Uh, yes. I don't buy that. It is. I don't buy that for a second. Hey, you know how we send each other screenshots of tweets we might send and then leave them in drafts and never tweet them? Yes. Can I do that live on the air right now? Yes, I trust you. I don't know what's coming, but yeah. All right. So some so somebody tweeted there's a lot of talk about self-reporting in the NCAA's NIL guidance release. Self-reporting always works. Just ask the Oklahoma State basketball program. And when I, I want to quote, tweet, and say, deny, 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 or call BHW Law Firm. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> yeah, either and one. Man, we, just, we just did that uh, on the pod. I just thought it was funny that it was live. Yeah. Uh, I thought that. I, I also agree. The, the, the self-reporting stuff is so garbage. Don't ever do it. Don't, don't ever. I mean, especially in, with the NCAA, don't ever self-report. Look at Oklahoma State and Kansas basketball. Exactly. Kansas gets to hang a national title banner 
and nobody bats an eye. Oklahoma State took what three hundred bucks or something, eight hundred bucks allegedly. And I don't think they would have been a tournament team this year, but if they would have been, they wouldn't have gotten to go anyway. Well, but wouldn't they have played? You could argue they would have played differently, though. Yeah, and probably they might have been able to attract different talent. I don't know if they had guys transfer out because they knew they wouldn't get a shot at the postseason. So yeah, but but yeah, uh, I'm just saying they could have hired somebody else's point, brother. Yeah, there's only so many top prospects brothers you can hire. <laughs> All right. Even then, they only uh, won one tournament game. Yeah, I thought they were a little off last year. Do you want to talk about anything that's gone on at, at Texas Tech um, negatively over the last two weeks? Um, per se, around a certain program that has fired two coaches in the last three years? No, because I don't know anything about it. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry. If I, if I did, I would maybe have yeah. an opinion, but I, I just have Certainly. zero opinion of it. Do you, do you have anybody beyond – did we talk about this already last time and have the same conversation? I think we did bit. now that I think about it. Yeah, I think so. I think that happened longer ago than I thought. I thought we had talked about it, but I think we did. Yeah. All right, I'll cut that out. Just leave it in there. What else are we going to talk about? Um, we have leave, the, we, just leave it in there. We have the mailbag sponsored by Diversified Lenders. Oh, yeah, let's do that. We have the Sweet 16 of the Goat Red Raider Tournament. Let's do the mailbag first. Okay. First question is one I'm not terribly comfortable answering, but... Well, now, hold on, Kyle. What? If you're going to sponsor by Diversified Lenders, give them a couple ad reads, man. Oh, well, I already plugged their website earlier, diversifiedlenders.com. I just Red Raider owned and Matt. operated. Somebody's going to text Cole later because he doesn't listen to us, but somebody's going to listen to us and text Cole that we're not giving his business enough credit. Yeah, and that would be a shame if Cole texted me mad about something because that never <laughs> happened. <laughs> We love hope our does, sponsors. Hope he does listen. Yeah, shout out to the sponsors. Yeah, we love Cole. Okay, first question in the mailbag is one I'm not entirely comfortable answering, but okay, we have to I'll answer it. it. I'll answer it. Chuck McElroy says, what is the number of second graders that you could fight to the death in hand-to-hand combat? No weapons. Okay, so I've seen a lot of people answer this and say like 100. No way. Have you seen second graders lately? <laughs> no. they, are, they are advanced athletically beyond maybe what you assume a second grader to be. It's not like a little five-year-old out there, right? So is this like at one time? Yes. Okay. Hmm. Even if they're coming like boom, boom, like consecutively, I I don't know that I could get past five, and I'm just being honest, right? Five? I mean, do you have a weapon? No. That's what I'm saying. Like, would you say more than five? I'm thinking about it. So I don't know, like, morally, if I could get beyond killing five second graders. The first four, probably. Okay. But I don't know that I could get five or six in and just say, you know, I could keep doing this morally. So it's a hypothetical, could you? Right. So, like, if my, if my physicality were put to the test. Right. I'm, I'm thinking about it this way. I went to a large elementary school. Uh-huh. We had four classes for each grade. So there would be four second grade classes, about 20 kids in each class. So the most second graders you would ever have in one place is 80. And then for there to be reinforcements, they would have to come in from another school for the next 80. So the question is, could you handle 80 within a few minutes before the reinforcements could arrive? And then could you handle that 80 before the next wave of reinforcements arrive? 
hypothetically, of course, nobody would ever beat up a second grader. But so, so you're like, you're talking like, uh, um, uh, the Battle of the Bastards style. You're standing there alone. You're Jon Snow. You know nothing, Jon Snow. And you have to defend yourself against 80 second graders? No, they overwhelm yeah. you. Think about this. 100% they overwhelm you. No, no. Think about this. You pick 80? up You pick up one second grader. 80? Just swing him in a giant circle by his arms, and his <laughs> legs will, like, kick all the other second graders that are charging at you. And they just quit? I, I mean, they're Dude, second graders are tiny. vicious, man. No. no they're not tiny. They're right. four or five at least. Let me reframe the question. Instead of all at once, what percentage of second graders could you beat up if you had to with a third disclaimer that we would never beat up a, sec- a second grader? Like, is there any second grader in the world that could take you one-on-one? Any? Yeah, any. I don't know. You remember that kid in the Under Armour commercials, the click-clack kid? He could take me. Huh. Do, you remember that, do you remember that little kid that lifted weights? Yeah, long hair. He was on those uh, Facebook ads for a long time that it yeah. weren't him. Yeah, the, that kid could take you. You think he could have beat you up when he was in second grade? Me now? Yeah. Did you see him? Did you see the kid was ripped. I am proclaiming this to the world. Well, there, there is not a second grader in the entire world that could beat me up. Period. Bar none. I mean, I just don't like absolutes. Is all. Well, something absolute. Could I probably beat up every second grader in the world? Yes. Could maybe a percentage of second graders run around in circles until I was tired and then maybe get a shot in on me? Probably. Uh, see, I do like absolutes. Like Cardinals is the best place to shop for Texas Tech merchandise. That's an absolute. That's not, there's no gray area there. It's not up yeah. to anybody's opinion. Rahino Barbecue is. is the best barbecue in West Texas. We've talked far too long about beating up second graders. So I'm going to go to the next question. All right. This is big for our brand. Since we delved into musicals a few weeks ago, Mateo Nomeo asks us to discuss how 54% of people are insecure about how they feel about musicals. He ran a poll asking, should the blues brothers be considered a musical and 54% voted? No, it's 100% a musical. That sounds like an absolute to me. It's 99% a musical. <laughs> It's a musical, dude. The Blues Brothers. Okay. Just think of uh, the Aretha Franklin scene. They're having a conversation, then they start singing. It's it breaks out into song. I'll I'll trust your opinion because I've not seen the Blues Brothers. Oh my God, Kyle. Uh, next question is: Why did Rob go anti mullet? I'm assuming this is in reference to the Matthew Mayer hate. That was emanating from our page when you had the controls, which was unfortunate to see because we love Matthew uh, Mayer. No. Matthew Meyer. I never said anything of the sort. I said, if we don't get Matthew Meyer, we riot. And you said, no, we won't. That's a long cry from hating him. It was sickening, the Matthew Meyer hate in that tweet. Or so, is this guy saying, why did, why did I cut off my mullet? Uh, answer both, and then we'll move on. Uh, a woman told me that I should. And then the other one, I'm fine with Matthew Meyer if he comes, right? But I'm not going to riot if he does. And I, I trust Mark Adams to figure that out is all. Okay. Um, Richard Smiley Sr. We don't need to read this one. <laughs> I swear on my car keys and I'm laughing because 
you, and I'm accusing you of this, you followed him back. I, I didn't. I did not follow. I didn't. Somehow we're following him. <laughs> I did me. not follow. I did not follow Richard Smiley Jr. Was that young Trevor? Did he follow Richard? <laughs> I, I will blame him. But I don't think he has the keys to the Twitter tr- yeah, though. But I don't know where. I don't think he knows where Richard Smiley's car keys are either. You're you're the one that followed like two thousand people when we started this thing. Uh, he wasn't one of them. I know that from. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I like the the listener who who replied, oh, "Your son has." <laughs> I don't want to get into that. <laughs> oh, Mac Red asks, yeah. "Why does God allow cruelty? I.e., why is the most delicious food the most unhealthy? Why did they cancel Mind Hunters? I don't know what that is. Why can't I have whatever I want in life?" So Mac Red must be a millennial, but I'll let you answer those. Um. Yeah, I didn't know about Mindhunters either. It's a pretty good show. It's not canceled, though. It's just on permanent hiatus until they figure out budgetary issues. Um, But I think God provides cruelty in in life because it it, it, it allows you to properly appreciate the highs. If you're always on a mountaintop. You don't know what a valley feels like. So I just think that that, that God allows cruelty and, and highly, you know, volatile situations so you can appreciate uh, what he, what he, the blessings that he gives you. You know, 50 Cent once said, sunny days wouldn't be special if it wasn't for rain. Joy wouldn't feel so good if it wasn't for pain. But also... As far as God allowing cruelty, I mean, he, he literally says in the Bible that like you will face storms and trials in your life. So I don't know why anybody would expect differently. Like, did you not, I guess, you know, teach their own. But like, if you right. do believe in God, did you believe that he was like joking when he said that or something? But what if, what if God was one of us? Just a stranger on a bus? Just a slob like one of us. Um. AJ Bunn asks, Happies or Bahama Bucks? I'll say this, neither one sponsors, no free ads, but Bahama Bucks. Same. What will Coach Beans do if Elijah Fisher commits to Tech? I don't want to know. He ate a worm. Um, I've got uh, plenty of Pocky's one chips. Are those expired yet? If he wants to do something legitimate, didn't you buy those in like July or something? They're fine, dude. It's a, it's a. Don't, don't, don't come at me with that. Oh, they're Austin, Texas brand. Yeah, they're fine. Um, oh, rela- well, no, they're they're definitely expired, but it's a chip. Related, how much bacteria is in a worm? Just looking out for you at Coach Beans TTU. Oh man, God made dirt. Don't Dude, wonder. I was going to say the same thing. Uh, most animals, unless they're poisonous, you can eat them. I think it's like 60% protein. Or... Where's my gambling gauchos hat? Here in Maryland, my request to have them on the shelves to store managers appears to have failed. Yeah, I don't know if we'll be in stock in Maryland, but of course you can go to Cardinals online and purchase one there. I'm sure that they ship to Maryland. MyCardinalsSports.com and 
Ryan Hyatt asks, is it the itch, itching, or the swelling that bothers the most? That's a little too personal for me, so I'm not going to touch that one either. Yeah, that's definitely toward you because I've gotten rid of my itching and swelling problems. You know, when you have the itch for good barbecue, there's only one place to go, Rob. We've done we've done enough athletes. <laughs> um, I don't know that Aaron's going to like that one. What? Like you get a hankering for good barbecue. No, no, I got it. But we're just talking about like a festering wound. And then you go straight into, you know what itching I'm doing? I said, if you get the itch for good barbecue. Right. No, you I got, got to scratch that itch by going to Reno. We need to get Aaron on the podcast. Yeah, that'd be fun. Um, the Goat Red Raider Tournament. I've got actually some thoughts on this. Let's do it. First off. Yeah. What in the hell was the shot I heard today on KCAM? When this was brought up, and you're like, "Oh yeah, Kyle's been doing that." You do you don't like this bracket or something? Or should we just oh, can't the shot? It was like, "Oh, that's not my thing. I don't do that." That is not what I said. <laughs> I was like, I, I was trying to give you credit because mm. he was like, "This thing that you've been doing, Rob," and I said, "No, that's Kyle, man. Kyle, Kyle's been doing all the legwork. Kyle's, okay. Kyle's out here busting his ass." getting this thing together and i think kyle jacobson needs the recognition he deserves that's all i was saying okay a couple other things before i get into the sweet 16 yeah. we had a runoff between sally Kipiego and keenan evans yeah. sally no pun intended running away with it i think the voters just need a little bit more information out there and i think they got it right um, a twitter user informed us that that is not how we're allowed to run our bracket on our twitter account to which i said yeah. It's our bracket and our Twitter account, so I'll do whatever I damn well please. Thank you very much. How about that? Like the inter- the whole internet's integrity was up for debate because the Gauchos had a runoff. Yeah. I could just – I mean, we don't have to all do right. this at all. We, all we, started right, with, we started with 48 people. I could just proclaim that one of them is the greatest and not let anybody vote at all. So Yeah. Um. So anyway, Sally Kipiega will be in the Sweet 16 instead of Keenan Evans. Um. One more thing on that note. Never mind. I don't want to get into it. Okay. Well, so we, well but, somebody else back when we were talking about Kevin McCuller, they were like, just let it go. Stop talking about this. And oh, again, yeah. this is our podcast. We will discuss whatever we want. Yeah. It's your choice to tune in or not. I hope you do. I hope that we're entertaining enough and are choosing the topics that you want us to talk about. But to just be like, oh, we're going to ignore the biggest piece of news from that weekend. So as not to offend somebody on Twitter, it's like, I mean, if K-Mac leaves, if Coach Beard leaves, if a five-star guy commits, we're going to have to talk about that. Like, that's what is going on at Texas Tech right now. So anyway, don't tell us – or I mean, you can tell us what to talk about and what not to talk about. We just don't have to take you up on it. Start yeah. your own podcast. Anyway. There's plenty out there. Anyway. Sweet 16, starting in the Scarlet region. We've got Michael Crabtree versus EJ Holub. Michael Crabtree out to an early lead. Looks like he'll win that one. Voting is still open through Tuesday night, I believe. Maybe Wednesday night. So if you haven't voted yet, you can check that out. I would probably vote for EJ Holub in this one because I respect what he accomplished at the NFL level. But I don't really have a gripe about it because, as some Twitter users noted, you can make a case that Crabtree had two of the greatest seasons any college receivers ever had. And 
might be the best to ever play his position in the collegiate game. So I can't, he's in the ring of honor. I can't be mad if he advanced past EJ Hollow, but I probably would have voted the other way on that one. I voted Crabtree. Okay. That's fair. I also voted Keenan Evans today. Yeah. <laughs> that's okay. You're, you're entitled to that opinion. You're damn right. The next one I feel a little more strongly about Gabe Rivera out to an early lead on Donnie Anderson. Now, both Ring of Honor at Texas Tech. Donnie Anderson finished fourth in the Heisman voting. He was at Texas Tech and had an outstanding professional career as well, which is what I think their collegiate careers were comparable. If it was college only, I would have had a tough time. But based on what Donnie Anderson achieved at the pro level, I would I would have given the nod to him. Again, this one isn't like egregious or anything. Right. But I'm going with Donnie well, Anderson. I think a lot of people take uh, senior sack and and kind of add a pro career on there that he would have had. Mm-hmm. Yep. If he hadn't, you know. Yeah, so that is shaping up the final in the Scarlet region, shaping up to be Michael, Michael Crabtree, an offensive player from the Leach era versus Gabe Rivera, an interior defensive lineman from the Southwest Conference era. So kind of an interesting contrast there. We'll see how it goes once it gets to that point. Assuming E.J. Holliber, Donnie Anderson doesn't come roaring back here. The Black region, we'll start voting on that soon. Zach Thomas versus Cliff Kingsbury, who beat Elmer Tarbox in that Sorry, is a joke. It should have been Elmer Tarbox. Yeah. But Cliff Kingsbury won the vote. It wasn't that close. I think it was kind of close, maybe 55, 45 or so, but it wasn't like 1% like that Sally versus Keenan one. Right. Zach Thomas got like 98% against poor Marcus Coleman. And I, that makes he'll sense. He'll do the but, same. He'll do the same to Cliff. Yeah. 80, 20. So it was a similar dynamic potentially shaping up because the other one in that region is Patrick Mahomes versus Dave Parks. If it is Mahomes, and I expect it will be, and I think that's the right choice. A couple of top I, 10 picks in the NFL draft. Again, you would have a middle linebacker from the 90s, you know, Spike Dyke Southwest Conference era versus Patrick Mahomes, a guy from the new age offensive player currently playing in the pros. I think both Zach Thomas and Patrick Mahomes, when it's all said and done, will have had Hall of Fame NFL careers. Zach Thomas already does. Um, has not been recognized with that yet, unfortunately. Yeah. But the credentials are there. So I think the semifinals in the two football regions are going to be very intriguing if it goes the way I think it will. I agree. Looking ahead a little bit, the Victory Bells region, Cheryl Swoops versus Josh Young. I don't think we expect as great as Josh Young is, for there to be much of a contest there. No. In 15 years, if Josh Young is a 10-time All-Star with the World Texas Series, Rangers. yeah, then maybe there's an argument there. Because collegiately, I think they're comparable. Of course, not identical because Cheryl won it all. Josh got there but didn't quite win it all. But do anyway. you want to do you want to put anything on your AL Central leading Minnesota Twins and the Houston Astros coming up this week? Ooh. Yeah, I bet we have some Astros fans listening to the podcast. Yeah. Let's take some suggestions from Twitter on the stakes for a potential okay. wager. Starts tomorrow. So, so get at us fast. Yep. Uh, oh. And tomorrow, sorry, is Tuesday. Right. Can't just say tomorrow on a podcast. It's not a radio show. <laughs> yeah. Wes Kitley versus Mark Adams. I'm going Kitley. 
I wonder if there'll be some recency biases because everybody loves Mark Adams based on how that program did this last year. I mean, Kitley won a national championship. Yep. Right. Yep. Until Mark Adams is cutting nets on the final Monday. Mark Adams won a national championship, but not at this level. Is that right? Right. NAIA or JUCO or something. Yeah. JUCO. Fearless champions region. This might be, I could be wrong. These are hard to predict. I could totally see this one being 50-50. Andre Emmett versus Tim Tadlock. I, my heart tells me Andre Emmett. That's probably who I would vote for. My head tells yeah. me Tim Tadlock. Well, Andre loves the kids, man. Andre loves the kids. Sally Kipiego versus Marcia Sharp. In the other semifinal in that region. Yeah, I've got a pretty clear winner there. Yeah, right, because you enjoy traveling on the Sally Kipiego freeway. Yep. I think there's a case for Sally Kipiego there, honestly. Yeah, oh, there's a case for everyone, man. It's Sweet 16. Right. And that's what I... I think we're getting to the point where, with the exception of a couple of these, I don't think there's a wrong answer. I might lean one way or the other, but like early on, I thought it was going to be egregious if... E.J. Holub lost to Graham Harrell. Right. I think we're kind of past that point. Like when it gets to Cheryl Swoops versus Marsha Sharp or whatever, like, okay, there's a pretty credible argument for, for everyone at that point. So we'll see how that goes. Appreciate everybody's participation. Keep voting. Keep sharing with others. Absolutely. It's fun to see people start to campaign. We've had uh, one of our listeners and followers was a former junior college teammate of Sally Kipiego's, and he was like texting all of his track buddy saying, hey, there's this poll out there. Go vote for Sally. So if you want to make your case, by all means, I mean, quote, tweet it and say why you're voting for one guy or gal versus the other. And Yeah, where does all this take place, Kyle? Twitter.com at gambling gauchos, not gambling gauchos. And we have the same handle on Instagram, patreon.com slash gambling gauchos, Facebook, gambling gauchos, all that stuff. What a Patreon, what is that? Explain that to me. Patreon, we, so we do typically two episodes per week covering the news and views of Texas Tech. Used to do a lot more actual gambling and spreads and prop bets and all that. Yeah, a little Whoa, bit harder. Football season. Yeah, it's just kind of harder in the basketball and football offseason. If there was an NPSL line and I had Matadors plus one and a half versus the Vaqueros, I would take that. I just don't know if that exists. Anyway. Oh, by addition- the way, Chuck... Your five and a half corners did not hit. Thank you very much. The under mm. cashed. Interesting. Told me to take the over. So we do these two podcasts a week, but we wanted to grow from that. And so um, at Patreon, in addition to what we have always been doing and will continue to do, trying to line up some interesting interviews, trying to deliver podcasts to our listeners a little bit earlier before it hits the public airwaves. And I think we're still exploring some ways that we can expand that benefits package, whether that's starting a Discord chat. You'll have to explain to me what that means, Rob. Um, other perks and benefits, $5 a month. Um, hope that's doable for most people and certainly think and hope that we're delivering that much or more in value every month for our Patreon subscribers. I invited you to our Discord chat. You just straight up ignored me. Were you busy. doing all right this weekend? Yeah, I'm a father. I, you know, I, got, okay, I got stuff all right. going on. Yeah. Oh, so it's my get out of jail oh, okay. free card. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Sorry, I missed your email. You know, I, I've got a baby. I have a family, you loser. 
I didn't say that. I just, well, it's the same thing, you know, once upon a time. I think I was at work when I uh, said that. Once upon a time, uh, being a newlywed and having a wife was to get out of jail free card, you know. The, right. So I was like, dude, let's go to where else? Oh, sorry, guys. The wife wants me home. Even though, like, I would just use her as the excuse. I wanted to go home. Right. But I was like, oh, sorry, your wife needs me to go home. And the ball and can, chains. And yeah, now I can get out of anything I don't want to do. Like, sorry, man, I got a newborn at the house. So I'm doing yeah. that this weekend. Mrs. Jacobson was probably like, yeah, you should go. You should get out of here. She was like asleep already by the time <laughs> that was going on. She's like 9 p.m. You know, I'm yeah. Uh, uh, where were we? Discord. Yeah, just uh, join and then we'll see if we want to send it out to other people. I think we'll do some profile picture filters like we did with the red out, white out, black out, and Mark Madness. Yeah. So it's kind of thing. If you're a member on Patreon, you would get that perk before we take it public. It's kind of a first access and exclusive access type deal. This is essentially what right. it boils down to. And we just have a good time over there. We do. The, the comment section got unexpectedly spicy. Yes, it did. So we'll try to keep that PG-13, but you never know. All right. So always we'll have content for you on Twitter at Gambling Gauchos, on Instagram at Gambling Gauchos, and on Facebook at Gambling Gauchos. You can also join us on Patreon. Um, it's free to look around. $5 to subscribe. Yeah, uh, just, that's the minimum. And you can just, give us more than that if you want. You can. Um, to give people a sample of kind of what we've started to do there, our first exclusive interview was with Fardaz Amak. He told us a little bit, of, gave us some insight onto what he's looking for in the NBA process, kind of the likelihood he does that versus comes to school at Texas Tech. Our next guy, I think we have lined up for next week. Um, he's going to get back to me. Okay. I think we'll be able to pull that off. And yeah. I think that you probably couldn't name 62 guys that would be a better interview than, than him. Right. No, certainly not. Yeah. Well, I think you just kind of, when you're booking guests, you really have to put your leg into it, see what comes up. Yeah. Even if people think like there's no way this connects and you just surprise everybody. Um, right. So, yeah. I also so, think that sometimes you just hit it through the uprights. <laughs> um, I also think it would behoove us to get like an NIL expert on. And I think that we have the right contact for that, both broadly to talk about NIL and college sports, but specifically what Texas Tech is doing. Um, I'm not saying yes. that'll be the second or third interview, but I think we'll have that soon. Right. And just stuff like that, that isn't going to hit the public airwaves necessarily. And so if that sounds interesting to you. Like I said, $5 a month, I think you'll get your money's worth and give us feedback on what you want. If you're a Patreon subscriber, tell us, you know, some things you would like to see discussed or perks you would want as a Patreon member and we'll do our best to make that happen. But I do want to reiterate the same great content, the same slightly above great content, above average content. Um, great on Kyle's side, slightly above average on mine. It's going to be right here on the pod for free, two episodes a week for free. Uh, the Twitter content will always be free. Um, well, I'm not going to say always because there's like a super follow button. Once we get to a certain level, so maybe we sell out when we get there, but not yet. Right. All right. We appreciate our sponsors. We appreciate our listeners. Kyle. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate you too, Rob. And we obviously had Dustin McCorkle on the GM of the Lubbock Matadors. They're another great sponsor of ours. Uh, go to the games. Go to the games. They're fun. They are fun. 
looked like fun, man. I I had FOMO seeing the updates on Twitter and everything. So I'm I'm gonna be at the next one, even though I'm a father and I've got other stuff going on. I'm gonna make the effort to get out there. You're a busy man. Uh, yeah. Chuck was out there with this kid and wife. Oh, cool. So, so I uh, I need I to meet Chuck. Chuck. Yeah, I've got yeah, a lot of got a lot of Twitter friends I've never met in real life. I need to Chuck, which is it's a lot of fun to. Chuck was wearing his Gauchos hat. Oh, perfect. Yeah. So we we were both wearing our Gauchos and we met eye to eye and we were like, "You say, hey, I'm Chuck." And I was like, "I know Chuck." Then I took a drink of my Dos Doctores. Can we it's wrap a, this up? Because I'm an suffering. awesome, awesome I'm story. Suffering. I am floundering right now. Yeah, I'm going to go get some Oreos. We'll talk to you all next time. Love y'all.